Welcome to Inside the Ballet, a podcast series presented by Nashville Ballet's Community Engagement Initiative. At Nashville Ballet, we believe in the transformative power of art. Art is and has always been a facilitator for change, bringing about awareness, dialogue, empathy, and much more. Art brings beauty into our lives and makes the world a more hopeful, positive place. In our Inside the Ballet series, Nashville Ballet artists and creative experts will discuss the inspiration behind our upcoming performances, give insight into the creative process, and help listeners gain understanding of poetic, social, and cultural themes surrounding a work. Whether you are looking to increase your ballet IQ or learn more about how a ballet is brought to the stage, join us for Inside the Ballet and be transformed. I am sitting here with Diana Perez, current member of NB2, Nashville Ballet's official second company, along with musician and composer Alan Gutierrez. How are you guys? Welcome. Doing great. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us. Yes, of course. So Diana and Alan have have partnered up on a new um, work. Duello is what has come out of Nick asking you, hey, do you want to do something else? You want to do something bigger? And and, uh, tell us about the title. Well, Duelo means um, grief in Spanish. And I have been kind of playing around with this word because it also directly, I would say, translates to I hurt, (laughs) Um, which I think is a pretty... Um, straightforward way of explaining grief. <laughs> I hurt. Wow, yeah, it is. Um, we had been kind of playing around with names about like coping, and um, we had been playing around, especially with this idea of what happened after COVID and how we were left with uh, this very universal sense of loss, and how we all. As a community, I feel like throughout the world, we all experienced a loss of our own schedules to begin with, our own routines, our own right. selves. Right. And we it's had to do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of change. And of course, on top of that, we experienced a lot of death in the past few years. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, especially this piece, I would say I kind of associate it with being sort of a a hug for whoever has experienced this loss, uh, like a, an acknowledgement for all those people that have maybe not only experienced it, but felt loss, you know, yeah. in their past, like, what do I do? <laughs> we lost all of these things that we felt that they were so um, present in our lives, all these routines that we give for granted. Yeah. And it- it's interesting to see how we all sort of experience grief in a very general, like universal way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've been working with on my side. And so um, I'm going to bring I want Alan. I mean, is Alan, did Alan's music sound like a hug? Tell us about Alan. How did you get involved and bring Alan into this? Oh my gosh. Well, um, Alan was actually my music teacher in high school. (laughs) So we had been, and he knew about my dancing career, sort of uh, where we were going. I knew he wanted to uh, get, well, he was already in composition, but he wanted to go to Norway and continue his career there. So we were always sort of encouraging each other to, you know, 
move on to the next thing, do the next scary thing, keep going, you know? Uh, and we always sort of, I don't know. I think I always imagined that at some point we were kind of going to collaborate, um, okay. maybe you know, sooner or later, however that happened. But um, I think even since high school, like I would have little projects here and there and I would be like, hmm, do I have someone to write music? <laughs> and it was always sort of around there, but we hadn't like really talked about it in a completely professional way until this opportunity popped out. Um, and then sort of, you know, we got in touch, we started talking, um, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna bring yeah. Alan into this. Alan, sure. she gives you a call. What, what's, yeah, what's yeah. the response here? How's it go down? Well, I mean, we kept in touch for a really long time and Diana is a friend that I really cherish. And it, all of a sudden I remember that I had been kind of hooked on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> which is the reason as to why this conversation sort of came to me. Like, I think it was the last episode of the last season that they had had this really beautiful dance routine with one of the main characters. And I think it was Kylie Shia or a very important uh, dancer in the U S. And so I remember that I was just talking to Diana in regards to that. And then she said, well, I got a project. Would you like to get her a shot? I was like, yeah, I'm in. Sounds amazing. You know, I'm, I'm already, excited about this thing that I saw and I would definitely like to give it a shot and create something. So we started, like she said, we started talking about this idea and she had the idea of the stages of grief, which is what we tried to do through the piece, uh, go through the stages of grief. And uh, at least from my side, uh, it became very personal because mm -hmm. as we were discussing about what we could do in that regard, I lost a friend of mine to COVID and it was very sudden because he was uh, maybe a, a one year older than I am. So at the time, he was probably 30, 32. And it just kind of went really fast and crazy downhill from when we got the news. And that really put me through a process in which I, I did not expect. I'd already lost uh, a few other friends due to other reasons in Mexico as well, basically, wow. basically because of disease and other situations. And, you know, being in Mexico and trying to, to work and trying to make, you know, a living out of freelancing, you kind of push things away. And at this moment, you know, it was the perfect time to sit down and reflect upon mm what it means to go through the stages of grief and how it affected me and what that means to me. And so Diana and I had a really nice dialogue in regards to that. And uh, she kept telling me a lot about what she was going to do for the, what she had in her mind for the, for the choreography, even before I wrote the piece. And we got the opportunity to record with the Norwegian, Norwegian radio orchestra, Kodik, and I just took the opportunity to write it for string orchestra. And one thing that we always kept in mind was that this, the, this piece had to be very visceral and it had to be very emotional because it's what everybody goes through. Everybody experiences the stages of grief in so many different ways. And it's all obviously a very personal transition for each human being. And at the same time, it's never really pretty or something that's very simple to go through. It's always kind of in your face and very visceral and mm. 
that's kind of what we were going for. And I think that we, based on what I've seen, because I've been getting a lot of videos from the rehearsals, which I really appreciate, uh, I think that's what we've achieved. And I'm very proud of the work we've done. So to me, at least, uh, I know that for Diana as well, I think that it's it's a very personal piece of music. Yeah, totally. It's I feel like it has become more and more personal as we have like gotten further into it. Just exploring, um, especially with the dancers, mm -hmm. all that, like the dancers that I have in the studio. Also, we've talked about that they have experienced loss in a variety of ways. And just talking about that and being able to be together in that process has been insanely inspirational to me. And it's perfect because that's where I was going next was the dancers. Like, how are you, how do you involve them in this choreographic process in, um, you know, talking about grief? Is there time taken at the beginning of rehearsals during your creative process? Is it, I've already got ideas in my mind. Talk us through some of that. What's that look like? Right. Um, well, I, I actually... <laughs> had some trouble like trying to figure out where I wanted to start because it was it's such an intense topic and it's hard to talk about for some people and I was trying to figure out like what is the easiest way and I think once we had the music it was the music was so powerful that I was like we don't need to talk first we need to listen we need to listen to this piece listen to what it's saying to us and Ellen and I had talked about sort of what it meant. It's uh, sort of a linear situation. So the music kind of follows, I would say around each minute is a stage of grief. Mm. Um, so it was easier to put into words like, this is anger, this is bargaining, this is um, depression. You know, it was easier to have those blocks to work with. And I think, um, I think the first rehearsal I had, I brought in the score and I had the dancers listen to the music a couple of times. Um, and I sort of just told them like, listen to each section separately and just think about what it's saying to you. And then we kept, we started putting steps together um, sort of like with an intention. I remember at the very beginning it was I was just working with two women um which are my main couple and it was a very like um it was a time of just exploring what connections they could have with each other because in that couple I was exploring the idea of someone being um lost and someone being the person who is losing um what whatever that was because in that in that space i wanted it to not be only about death but about loss in general mm. um and how like we can experience grief not only from death but about from losing other things from losing you know the things that we Routine. thought we had yeah exactly. yeah and how, uh, yeah. How, yeah and how that is such uh a very universal feeling how everyone has gone through that and there is everyone has their own versions of it and they're not linear entirely but everyone has an idea of what it is 
And it was really nice to see how everyone had their own thought process and they would bring them up and they would bounce off of each other's words and ideas and kind of like put this whole intention together. I mean, honestly, they did all the work for me, I think, in that aspect. And I, sorry to break in a little, I think that it's very interesting that you mentioned this because this is one thing that Diana and I talked about trying to accomplish, which was that we wanted people to experience the peace as they would normally experience this type of situation in their own life, to bring in also a little bit of themselves. And it's also something that we spoke about way before she began with choreography about having both the audience and the dancers do, which is something that also made I at least myself feel very proud of what we accomplished because we're like, okay, we're kind of hitting the right nails here. And another thing based on the structure, which I think that is, is uh, some that I'm very happy that Diana mentioned is that we did think it to be linear. And at the same time, it's also circular. What that means is that if you look at it from one perspective, you're going through the five stages of grief. So you start with denial you go straight into anger, and anger is, is abrupt, it's it's in your face, it's visceral, and it's very unstable. And then we go into bargaining, and then from bargaining we go into the depression and finally the acceptance. But what makes the piece for us at least circular is that we agreed upon something which was that, at least in our personal experience, acceptance doesn't mean that you've let go of the issue. It just means that you've learned to live with it. And regardless of what it is you're losing, you just accept that it's not there anymore. But it doesn't mean that it stops hurting. It doesn't mean that you are necessarily done with it. It just means that you've accepted the situation as it is. So if you listen to- Figured out how to move on, how to go on. Exactly. So if you listen to the piece, the beginning and the end mirror themselves, but in a it's kind of mirroring, even though they're they're different in themselves. Uh-huh. And what we're kind of alluding in the beginning with the with the small bits of the themes and we're kind of breaking them breaking them out, they come to a full circle at the end. And uh yeah, that's basically what we tried to accomplish. And the theme that is probably at least for me the most personal one is the one that we hear both in bargaining and depression and that we hear at the end as well. And it's a very simple theme that goes da 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 And that came to be from, you know, I kept talking to my friends as the situation with my other friend happened, the friends we had in common, we kept talking about it. And a dear friend of mine, Rocio Cordero, she she said one day in Spanish, because obviously we're from Guadalajara, Jalisco as well, she said, uh, Por favor, no te lo lleves, which means please don't take him. And those syllables kind of just kept on ringing in my head and they came about to be this melody. So it starts in bargaining because it's kind of like asking, please, not him, what's going on, you know, and it can apply to any other type of situation. And then even though you've come to accept it, that this is the way it is, you still feel that ringing towards the end. And that was the idea that we had about making the piece linear in the aspect of how we're gonna follow the five stages and circular as in how it is to, to actually go through the stages, you know? It's a oh, full I circle. That. I love that you said that just that circular and this loss and grief as a uni- you know, universally, we are different. There's no way we're coming out the same. Um, and so you saying even that musically, 
the beginning theme is similar but different in the end. So we've we've kind of gone on this journey. Um, yeah. Um, very. Well, I actually kind of want to go off of that because I find it really interesting that you say now it's circular, which I don't think we had talked about that before. But in the choreography, I think we actually achieved the exact same thing. <laughs> Um, without even trying, because in the very beginning, and I remember this being a thing like at the beginning of my process, um, I wanted, well, we talked about uh, silence in the beginning and having a hug, just like as a symbol of this whole piece is, for me, that's what it's been this whole time. It's been a hug, like a, an embrace of like warmth of you're not alone we all have gone through this together, even though it looks different for each one of us. And in the piece, they actually start, it starts with an embrace at the very beginning. And at the very end, um, it sort of circles back to that. And it um, it simulates the very beginning, but with a, a sense of, yeah, acceptance and the weirdness of acceptance, how like, it doesn't mean that everything is back to normal. It, there's still a hole there of loss. There's still, things are not gonna be the same, but the fact that we have experienced this process together means that, you know, there is a life after and there is a way of going on even with that weirdness. What has this work taught you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think for me, it. I think the the biggest lesson for me actually has been that of acceptance. Um, actually, we have talked about this whole thing. I think I. Um, there were a lot of times actually in rehearsal where we could find it very easy to understand anger, to understand bargaining, to understand depression. We could understand shock. We could understand like in the room, it was such, it was a lot easier to understand all of those emotions. But once we got to acceptance, I think it took a little bit longer to understand what that meant. Um, and it took me also longer to understand what I wanted to see on stage because it, my definition of acceptance used to be so different before this, I think. Um, acceptance to me was like, well, you kind of like brush things off and, you know, get back up. You keep doing the thing. But um, I think I've learned out of all of this that accepting things also means you have to acknowledge the good and the bad and the ugly and the things that were there and the things you got to go through it. Yeah, and the things that aren't there anymore. And I love the difference from beginning to end, how um, even talking to the dancers, I was telling them, like, as you leave the stage, there has to be a sense of, we came here to say what we had to say. We were with these um, two women in this very powerful moment, this very powerful process with them. Um, and now we can go do the next thing, knowing that this happened, but always knowing that it happened, never taken away from the fact that it's a real experience in life, as hurtful as it may be. It doesn't 
it it's still life. And yeah, I think that's been kind of the biggest thing for me. Well, uh, for me, if I may add something, uh, I actually think it's it's very funny in a way that what you went through, Diana, with the with the uh, with the dancers, that it was kind of mirrored in some way with the musicians because uh, we recorded in Norway, so already you have kind of this, uh, you know, you have the title in Spanish, so people kind of looked at it, and then on the sc- in the score. To separate the parts, we have the names, or I, I put in the names of each stage of grief we were going through. So people were kind of like, okay, why is there depression over here? Like, they're kind of like wondering about it. And as soon as the conductor got on the stage and said, okay, this is about the stages of grief, people were like, oh, okay. And then everybody kind of put a lot into it. And it was very, it was a very interesting situation because when we were, for example, recording depression, I remember I told them that I needed more strength so we went actually from fortissimo which is a, already a lot of dynamic from a from a string orchestra to tutta forza which means all of the strength that they could ever use and you know even when they couldn't pull out anything they kept on playing harder and harder in the next six which was exactly what we needed to get that kind of ripping effect from the from the depression and they were very understanding you know as soon as they understood exactly what we were trying to build they were very, very, very good at interpreting it. And I think it's very interesting how you, how how this kind of happens <laughs> with two different type of artists, you know, both dancers and musicians. It's very interesting. And so what I learned was, you know, kind of go through these situations in life. And I don't know if, I think that most of us kind of think that this is something that I'm going through. And just looking at how everybody reacts and how musicians and dancers put a lot of themselves into this by just understanding exactly what it is, by just saying one word, grief, it made me realize how much more connected everybody is. And like Diana said, like how it is at the end of the day, a hug, you know? And it was just a very beautiful experience to see that regardless of how people go through the stages of grief, regardless of how people go through things in life, at the end of the day, we're all very much alike. I can't wait for everyone to see it. I mean, I think what you all have nailed right there and just your answers is that connection of the human experience. I mean, you all have, you know, with the five stages of grief and this choreography and through the music and these stories and especially Again, all of us having experienced, you know, something together. Um, you've got something really powerful here. Um, what do you want the audience to gain from seeing Duello? Um, I think for me, I I want people to start understanding a different side of dance. Um, I think a lot of the times as an audience, we see the dancers as not people, um, which is great. You know, we, we have all these classical ballets and they're all so gorgeous and out of this world. <laughs> and for me, at least when I have seen, you know, big ballets, I it's hard for me to identify with that human inside the dancer. Um, and I think, it's because it's so unattainable to me. To me, when I see um, 
a beautiful, amazing dancer. It's so beautiful that I, to me, it's out of this world. And I think what I have been working on the most throughout this process has been showing the human on stage. Um, I want people to see that there is a very human experience within all of that. And there's, especially with these artists, we have to give it up. Um, We actually, I haven't uh, really talked about this that much, but I had been planning to do this piece as a duet at first. And when I listened to this music, I realized that it was meant to be for so much more. We needed more people because this is, this music is too big. It's too, it can't be just for two people. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing would be, I want the audience to see that this is a completely human experience. This is everyone goes through this and as artists I think the dancers and the musicians and the composer everyone has uh, gotten together to bring out this beautiful message of you know even in pain and in loss we are all still going through very similar things no matter if you're on stage or in or if you're in the audience or wherever you are there's something to take from that um, which is, I think is sort of my mission when when the performance comes along. <laughs> um, from my side, I think that music-wise, all I really aimed for from the beginning was just a cathartic connection from the audience. So for that, what I mean by that is that I think that for me, the greatest accomplishment would be for them to listen to the piece, to see the choreography and to identify themselves in this, in this situation. And that in itself will also lead to what Diana just explained, which is kind of like an equalizer. So as long as you get an emotional response from the piece or something that triggers your emotions and, and makes you feel it, then I think that we've accomplished something. Very great. Uh, yeah, I think that would be my my main goal from the beginning was basically that, just to get a cathartic response from from the audience to connect with. So it. I hope I hope we I hope we get it. <laughs> That'd be good. Thank you for joining us for this latest installment of Nashville Ballet's podcast series Inside the Ballet. To learn more about our performances, virtual season releases, community engagement initiative, and more, visit nashvilleballet.com.